Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 and then staying in the same chapter of Acts 2 we will read verses 14 through 18 and then we will read verse 21 so again Acts 2 verses 1 through 4 verses 14 through 18 and then verse 21 while you're turning there also want to give some kudos to the young people amen we uh, drove in on Friday and we made it in time for the youth Bible study. Give honor to the youth leader as well, Brother Lee, amen, for allowing us to speak. We uh, had the privilege of speaking to the young people uh, there at the youth Bible study. Thank you for your attention, your hunger, and your love for the Word of God, amen. These are good people. We got to go to Chick-fil-A and Starbucks and hang out and talk, and I'm just telling you what, you can't beat Chick-fil-A and Starbucks, unless it's the house of God. That's a little bit better, of course, but the next best thing is Chick-fil-A, amen. They say Disneyland's the happiest place on earth, but I think Chick-fil-A competes with that. Amen. Now, some of the screaming children in the playground area probably wouldn't agree. It wasn't the happiest place on earth for them. Amen. But, amen, once you get those chicken nuggets, and it's just everything starts to get better. Amen. So thank you to the young people. Thank you for having us and listening uh, to the word of the Lord. Amen. Of course, I always save the best for last. She's already giving me a look. So glad my wife is here. Amen. We've been married for about a year and uh, four months. Amen. So we're still new at this, but we are madly in love. And I'm so thankful that she's here. Amen. Don't come to me for marriage advice. I'm still, uh, come to us in four or five years. Maybe we'll have something to say. But right now we're just loving life, loving Jesus. Go to someone older if you need marriage advice. Amen. (laughs) I'm just teasing. I I heard of uh, somebody was telling me they, it may have been my pastor and sister Joel Booker and sister Erica Booker. I think after they got married, they'd been married about a year, and a church called them, invited them to do a marriage retreat. <laughs> and they were very nervous, to say the least. They didn't. They had about a year of advice to give. Amen. But I'm sure they did a great job. Amen. Anyway, let's turn to the Word of the Lord. Amen. I know you're standing. I want to be mindful of your legs and your knees this morning, and we're gonna we're gonna dive right into this. I believe God wants to do some great, great things this morning in the house of the Lord. I really, really do believe that. How many know that anything is possible on a Sunday morning? Amen. Amen. I know you're standing, but if the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords could birth himself in a lowly stable, in a lowly lowly manger, a place where nobody ever thought anything spectacular or miraculous would happen, if that's where our God was born, if that's where our King of Kings and Lord of Lords was born, if, if great miracles could happen with braying donkeys and stinky chickens and, and cows and all kinds of things around him, then I'm pretty sure miracles, signs, and wonders can be birthed in this church, in this house, on a Sunday morning in Texarkana. Come on. Hey, beautiful things, big miracles come from small places. Powerful things emanate and originate, amen, from places just like this. And if you believe, anything is possible. 
anything is possible to those who believe. Acts 2, 1 through 4 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. That just means this experience of speaking in tongues came to each of them. They all had the same experience. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Nobody was faking anything. Nobody needed to fake anything. The Holy Ghost was there. Amen. And they were speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Skipping ahead to verse 14. Now Peter is preaching, amen, after this powerful Pentecostal experience. The Bible says, Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose. All of us tongue talkers, we are not drunk like you think we are, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. It is only 9 a.m. We have not had enough time to get plastered drunk with alcohol. What you are seeing is we are being influenced and overtaken by the power of the Spirit of God. He says, but this, this which you are seeing and hearing, this speaking in tongues business, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Well, what did Joel say? Peter quotes it. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. This is the outpouring of the Spirit prophesied by Joel, Peter said. And then he continued, he said, On my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. Amen. One final passage of Scripture, verse 21. Amen. It says this, And it shall come to pass that whosoever, look at your neighbor and say, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord might get saved. If they're lucky, maybe, possibly they'll get saved. No. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, whoever wants it, whoever's hungry and thirsty for righteousness, they shall be saved and they shall be filled. Amen. What I want to preach to us about today for just a few minutes is this simple but, but powerful thought. It is time for an outpouring. It is time for an outpouring. Would you look at your neighbor and say that? It is time for an outpouring. Look at your other neighbor and tell them that. It is time for an outpouring. Amen. Now, if you have faith that God can do absolutely anything. Some of you were saying amen to me earlier. So I know you've got the faith. And you believe God wants to pour out His Spirit this morning to do miraculous things, to do signs and wonders. Amen. To give us a powerful dose of His Spirit then why don't you put your hands together? Why don't you lift your voice one more time before we begin this sermon? Can you just make sure every distraction is out of the way? Can you just make sure you've given everything to God? God, I surrender everything to you. Whatever you have for me this morning, that's what I want. Don't let me leave this place the same. Don't let me leave this place the way I came in here. Come on, praise Him right now just for a few more minutes. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. We trust you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. As you're seated today, why don't you let out just a great big hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. One man said this. 
He said, it is no use saying that if there is a God who is absolute goodness, that you do not like him and you're not going to bother about him. This is useless. For the trouble is that one part of you is on his side and really you agree with his disapproval of human greed and trickery and exploitation. Now you may want him to make an exception in your own case to let you off this one time. But you know inside that unless God really and unalterably hates that sort of behavior, then he cannot be good. On the other hand, we know that if there does exist an absolute goodness, it must hate most of what we do as sinful humans. This is the terrible fix that we are in. This is the the problem that we live in today. And we have always lived in. If, if the universe is not governed by an absolute goodness, then all of our efforts are in the long run hopeless. But if the universe is governed by an absolute perfect goodness, then we are making ourselves enemies to that goodness every day by our sin. And we are not in the least likely to do any better tomorrow. And so our case is hopeless again. It's like we cannot do without it and we cannot do with it. God is the only comfort and He is also the supreme terror. He's the thing that we most need and the thing that we most want to hide from. He is our only possible ally. And yet we have made ourselves His enemies with our sin. God is either the great safety or the great danger according to the way you react to Him. And the majority of humanity has reacted the wrong way. Herein lies the dilemma of human existence. This this is the great fix that we are in. There had to be an answer to this dilemma of how to be reconciled to this great goodness, this perfect God, when we ourselves are so deeply flawed. There had to be some type of remedy, some type of mediator to stand in the gap that sin created between us and God. There had to be an answer for the chasm that was created by our sin that stood between us and God. And I'm happy to tell you that there is an answer for that problem today. Let me tell you the answer that Paul described in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. I'll paraphrase this to you. He said, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word, I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures i'm here to remind somebody this morning that the answer to our dilemma is still the gospel message of jesus christ which is without question the death the burial and the resurrection of our savior jesus christ the answer to this problem is the sacrificial purchase that god made 2000 years Years ago on the cross to purchase our salvation. And if you're thankful for the gospel, if you're thankful for the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I wonder if you could give him some praise right now. Hallelujah.
Amen. At the risk of being redundant, I know there are some of us here that are visiting. Can I just remind you of that beautiful gospel message, what that means? Amen. And, and, and the story of the gospel. As most of us know and most of us are familiar with, God manifested himself in flesh. A great perfect God, that perfect goodness, wanted to come down to earth to die for our sins and, 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 and create the perfect spotless sacrifice that would cover our sins with his blood for all of eternity, past, present, and future. But a, but a perfect God who is a spirit does not have flesh and blood. He cannot die for our sins if he doesn't have bones or blood to shed. So he came down to earth. He overshadowed the Virgin Mary. Amen. And he birthed himself. Amen. He, he, he was created there and was born in that manger, born in that stable. And he was, he was definitely a, a, a full uh, 100% human. Amen. He was a baby. He was 100% human, but he was also 100% God. He grew up. He walked the earth. He slept. He ate. He hungered just like you and I. Amen. And he walked this earth and as he got to a point in his life where his earthly ministry began. After years of carpentry after years of doing all the normal things that all of us do, his earthly ministry began. He began healing the sick. He began opening blinded eyes. He began turning water into wine. He began doing all kinds of miracles, which by the way still happen today in case you have forgotten. And Jesus walked the earth and did all of these things. And the time came, amen, for him to do what he came to earth to do. And he went to that cross. He could have called legions of angels to bring himself down from that cross but he did not instead he hung there on that cross with nails through his wrists thorns in his head a spear through his side he hung there in agony and shed his blood for you and I and after hanging on that cross he gave up the ghost the Bible says his body was buried in the tomb he was dead the apostles had no hope his family had no hope the disciples had no hope but on that third day as most of us know the story he was risen from that tomb he rose again again in the power of resurrection amen and he showed himself to the disciples he proved his resurrection and then the time came for him to ascend back into heaven but before he did he said i want you to go to jerusalem to wait for the promise of the father you are going to receive the promise of the father you're going to be endued with power you are going to receive the holy ghost they did not know what this would look like they did not know what was going to happen all they knew is that they had been given a word from god so they went to jerusalem and for seven to ten days they tarried and they prayed in that upper room in Jerusalem and as we just read in our text amen the time came when the spirit of God rushed into that room a rushing mighty wind came in and every person that was in that house 120 people were all filled they were all filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Amen. James was filled. John was filled. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was filled. Each and every one of them had to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. There were no exceptions. Mary did not get special privileges. Peter did not get special privileges. On that day, they all became tongue talkers. They all became Pentecostal. 
Amen. And as the prophet Joel said, this, this would happen in the last days. And so, therefore, Pentecost, the outpouring, triggered the beginning of the ending. Once the Spirit was poured out, the clock started ticking. The last days begun. And we are still in the last days today. The only difference is that we are even further and even closer to the end than Peter and James and the apostles were. We have less time on the clock than what they had. It is time today, right now, in 2019, in Texarkana, for there to be an outpouring of the Spirit, just as there was in Pentecost, just as there was after Pentecost. God has been pouring out His Spirit for 2,000 years, and He wants to pour out His Spirit all over America, all over Texas, and in this city, and I believe even this very morning, God wants to pour out His Spirit on whoever is hungry to receive it. Amen. Ever since that day in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, God has been pouring out the answer for all of humanity. He has been pouring out His Spirit and His power just like He did in Acts chapter 2. He's been pouring out the answer for broken families. He's been pouring out the answer for the depressed. He's been pouring out the answer for the anxious. He's been pouring out the answer for the drug addicted. He's been pouring out the answer to the sexually addicted. He's been pouring out the answer to the alcohol addicted person. He has been pouring out the answer to suicidal youth. He has been pouring out the answer for every single problem that we could face. And that answer is his presence. That answer is his reality. That answer is his work. He has been Pouring out the answer that humanity desperately needs. And he's not changed. He's not stopped. He still wants to pour out the answer today. The remedy for your problems is the presence of God. The remedy for your problems is a relationship with God. And that will come when you have been filled with his spirit. The answer for our problems, the answer for the world's dilemmas, for the sin that is on our backs is still the presence and the spirit and the power of God. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power over sin, power over your problems, power over your depression, power over your mind, power to be a witness, power to go forth and do miracles. This Holy Ghost thing is no small thing. It's not something we just do on the weekends. We don't do it just for the kicks of it or the fun of it. This is what God wants to give each and every one of us who are hungry for it. The same way he poured it out then, he pours it out now. I have, I have been privileged in my young few years to, to, uh, to travel and preach around this nation and even around the world. Amen. And every single time somebody receives the Holy Ghost, whether they have a Pentecostal background or not, whether they've ever even read the Bible or ever even read the book of Acts or not, every time they receive the Holy Ghost, they receive it the same way they did in the book of Acts, and that is with the supernatural evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. It is not going to be any different today. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If that's how he chose to pour out his spirit then, that's how he's still choosing to pour out his spirit now. I can't tell you how many people, after they've received the Holy Ghost, they've never heard about it, they've never read about it, they have not been taught, they have not been indoctrinated, they come to me and tell me, what just happened to me? What is going on? Even even some of them say the same things that they said back in Acts 
Acts 2, they said, I sounded like I was drunk. I sounded like I, I wasn't in control of my mind or my speech. What on earth was going on? Sometimes they'll even say, preacher, what did you do to me? And I'll look at them or, or, or whoever's preaching will look at them and say, we did not do anything to you. What just happened was an outpouring of the Spirit, the presence, and the power of God. I'm telling you, the greatest joy you've ever experienced, the greatest peace you've ever experienced, the greatest power you've ever experienced comes when the Holy Ghost is poured out upon you. If you've never been filled or it's been a long time and you've walked away from God and you're trying to come back, this is the answer for you. This is what will give you joy unspeakable, the Bible says. This is what will give you peace that passes understanding. This is what will give you power and help you to know that God is with you and will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. It's happening all over the world. The same way it happened in the book of Acts. I have a friend that recently went to Hong Kong. Amen. He went and preached over in Hong Kong, a large uh, Pentecostal conference that was going on there. Amen. By the time he was done preaching, a man, 140 people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. And 35 people were baptized in Jesus' name for the remission or the removal of all of their sins. They had not been taught. They had not been, been just indoctrinated by American Pentecostalism. Amen. They just, they just, all they needed was their Bible to read in it and say, if they received it that way, I want to receive it too. I am not a preacher that has come to jip you and tell you that you are not allowed to experience the power and the miracles and the evidences that the original apostles experienced. How, how fair would that be if I said that was just for them? They got to see people healed. They got to see people receive miracles and power, but not you. No, it's different now, honey. Sorry. You're just a lesser than saint. You're just a lesser than Christian. No, that's not how Jesus works. If God gave it to Peter and James and John and Paul, he gives it to us the same way. He does not love them any more than us. The same spirit that was in them lives within us. Hallelujah. It's still happening all over the world. Amen. After my friend preached that message... In Hong Kong, he went and sat down at, in, in, a, in his chair, and he was watching the people praying. I mean, there was probably 800 people there or so, or 700, I can't remember. And he was sitting there, and he felt the voice of God speak to him and say, you're not done here. He said, God, what do you mean I'm not done here? I just preached for a long time. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I've prayed for a lot of people. God, I think I'm done. And God spoke again and said, no, you're not done. Amen. Now, now he's starting to get uncomfortable. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? He said, listen, there's enough faith here. There's enough power here for more to happen. He said, and I want to open blind eyes, and I want to heal deaf ears. Amen. Now, as soon as I said that, some of us, our faith leaped, and some of us, we kind of got a little bit nervous and uncomfortable. What, what, are, you, what are you doing here, preacher? I, 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 don't, I don't know, and we're starting to shift in our seat. Listen, I am not preaching anything to you that I cannot back up with the Word of God. This is not my word. This is not my opinion. This is not my preference. All I'm doing is preaching to you the Word of God. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Whatsoever you do, do it all in, in word or deed. Do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. By His stripes we are healed. I am preaching to you the Word of God. Amen. And so my friend said, 
He, of course, he was very nervous, and he said, God, I don't even know if there's blind people here. I don't know if there's deaf people here. I've already preached. I don't want to be embarrassed. He was wrestling with God. But finally, he gave in and relented to the voice of God. He went back up and took the microphone, and he said, I know this might sound crazy, but, but if there's people here that are blind, I believe God spoke to me and said he wanted to heal you. Amen. And with the help of someone leading them out of their chairs, six blind people came to the front to be prayed for. He said, and now, now if there's anyone that's deaf here, I believe God wants to do a, a miracle miracles in your life and heal you amen and so there was a sign language interpreter they interpreted it and so five deaf people came forward amen my friend began to pray he said it did not take long but it was about 20 minutes or so of praying and he said by the time they were done six blind people walked out of there with their vision and five deaf people walked out of that building able to hear in their ears for the first time you've come too late to tell me that god cannot work miracles you've come too late to tell me that God does not still pour out his spirit. He does not still pour out healing. He does not still pour out his power. He is the same God as he's ever been before. If he did it then and if he did it in Hong Kong, he'll do it right here in Texarkana if you and I have the faith to believe. Come on, I need somebody to lift your faith right now. Come on, if you need the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill you with it. If you need a healing in your body, God can work a miracle and heal you this very morning. I need somebody to believe that with me. Come on, believe that with me. Come on, come on, just a few more seconds. Come on, let's praise Him. Let your faith rise a little bit. Come on, if you're here and you're depressed and you're despondent, and you're down and out, you need the joy of the Holy Ghost. Let God fill you today. Let God renew you today. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, that's something that Peter also talked about in Acts 2.38 when people asked him. They said, okay, Peter, you just preached to us an incredible sermon. You just convicted all of us. You just told us that it was our fault that Christ was put up on the cross. We crucified him. We get it, Peter. There's a, there's a lot of weight on us now. Now, what should we do? The Bible says they were pricked in their heart. You know what that word prick means? That means acute emotional distress. They were deeply convicted. When someone is deeply convicted and says, okay, I want this. What do I got to do to be saved? That person will receive the Holy Ghost within seconds. When someone is pricked in their heart. Amen. I, we, we just at the camp meeting over in Arkansas... There was a mother and a son from Ghana, Africa. Amen. We were praying with her up at the front. I asked her, I said, have you ever received the Holy Ghost before? She said, no. But then hardly without hesitating, she said, but I want to. And I said, if you want to, then you're going to receive it. Lift your hands and lift your voice right now. Begin to worship God. We laid our hands on her, and 60 seconds later, she was speaking in other tongues. She said, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I've been wanting just a few minutes later, her 13-year-old boy came up, and after about 15 minutes of praying, he received the Holy Ghost as well. I'm telling you, God's still doing it just the way he's always done it. And so when they were convicted, when they were pricked in their heart, and they asked Peter after his incredible sermon, they said, what shall we do? Peter gave them the answer. He gave them the gospel message, which remember, it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He gave that answer to them in a nutshell, basically. And he said, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right there, repentance, baptism, and receiving the Holy Ghost. You have, that's how we obey and associate ourselves with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
It does nothing for me to just come to you and tell you about the history of Jesus, tell you what he did, and then we all clap our hands and, and, just, and just leave the door and go home the same. Amen. What I want to know is if the death, burial, and resurrection is so important, how do I apply that to my life? I don't want to just hear about it or read about it in history. How do I apply what he did to my life? You apply it through repenting of your sins, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the removal of all your sins, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues. How many are thankful for the gospel message? Hallelujah. And can I just tell you that part of what Peter, Peter was preaching, amen, as, as, as this, this, this promise of, of the Father, this, this, this promised experience, amen, as he said it in Acts 2 and 38, part of that, amen, is, is the complete removal of your sins when you are baptized in Jesus' name. Can I just tell you that it's not just, it's not, if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, it's not just getting wet, it's not just going down there and, and just doing it so you can testify of your, that you're, you're changing your life, although that's that's good. That's part of it. It's not just so family can come and just and see the, the commitment you're trying to make, although that's part of it. What it is fundamentally is a removal of your sins spiritually. That water symbolically represents the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, amen, that we are buried with him in baptism. If you want to apply his burial to your life, you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ the same way that they all were in the New Testament. And what's so beautiful about this is the complete and total record of your sins, past, present, and future, are completely washed away once and for all. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, amen, I'm just, I'm just, pardon me as I'm jumping through these rabbit trails this morning, amen, can I tell you, this is kind of what it's, what, what it's like, you know. We know that if we repent and if we pray, God forgives us, amen, but the record of our sins is not removed until we've been washed in baptism in Jesus' name. It's kind of like this, if you've ever had a speeding ticket, which if we're all honest, those of us who can drive, we probably have all had a speeding ticket at least once or twice. Amen. And you can take that speeding ticket and you can go to court with it and the judge can say, okay, I forgive you. You don't have to pay the fine. Great. But then that speeding infraction still goes on your record. And next thing you know, you get your insurance bill and it's a lot more expensive than it should be. Amen. So he's forgiven the infraction. But it's still on your record, and it's, it, and it's, it's costing you a high price every month. Amen. But, but, but if you were to go to a judge, and the judge says, not only do I forgive you of this infraction, and you don't have to pay the fine, I am completely expunging your record of all the driving infractions you've ever made. Amen. That is more what baptism in Jesus' name is like. God does not just forgive the speeding ticket. He says, hey, I am the judge, and here's the record of all the things that you've ever done. There's a long bill. There's a long receipt here. And guess what? I'm the one that pays it. Past, present, and future. Your record is completely expunged when you go down in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, I don't have time to go on and on and on about that, but let me just tell you, if you've never experienced that, you haven't lived yet, brother. You have not lived yet, sister. Amen. I, I, I would not want to go a second further in my life carrying sins and carrying a record on my back that I cannot carry alone. Jesus has a free offer of salvation for you. He wants to take away your sins. He wants to wash them away in baptism. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. He wants to raise you up again in newness of life by giving you the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues hallelujah I gotta hurry amen happens in 
Happens in Hong Kong. Happens in America. This this what I'm preaching today. This power. These miracles. The Spirit is happening all over the world. My wife and I were privileged to be overseas just a few months ago, and we were in the country of Germany, and there was a Pentecostal program crusade going on through the German-speaking nations. It was happening in Austria, Switzerland, Liechtenstein, and Germany. There was about 25 campuses represented, and what we were doing was every night for 14 days, we were preaching and teaching the apostles' doctrine, the oneness of God, and holiness, and baptism, and receiving the Holy Ghost, and all these things. Amen. We were doing this all throughout these nations. And by the time we were done after those two weeks, amen, there was, I believe, around 150 or 160 filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe, oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. There was about 60 or 70 baptized in the name of Jesus Christ across these campuses. There were people that believed false doctrine that came out of false doctrine and professed their belief in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it happened to Germans. It happened to Africans. It happened to people of Asian descent. It happened to people of Hispanic origin. I'm telling you, it does not matter your background. It does not matter your race. It does not matter your age. The Spirit of God is for whosoever will and who. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come on, if you're thankful for that promise, if you're thankful for salvation, would you praise Him right now? I believe it's time for an outpouring, not just overseas, not just on the East Coast, not just on the West Coast, but right here where we are living this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, there were two types of people, just as there are today. I'm, I'm moving quickly. Thank you for your attention. There were observers, and there were participators. There were people who were participating in the power, and there were people who were sitting back observing it, and some even criticizing it. I'm thankful that I'm preaching to a house full of people today. You don't want to just be observers, do you? No, I'm preaching to people today that want to be participators in what God is doing in His power and in the miraculous. I don't believe I'm preaching to people that want to sit back with their arms folded and criticize and mock and all of that. No, you may not know what all this is about. This might be new to you, but I believe I'm preaching to observers, I mean, excuse me, participators that say, you know what, I don't get it all. I don't have all the answers, but I want what this preacher is talking about. If God is real, I want Him to show me how real He is. I'm tired of dead religion. I'm tired of fake religion. I'm tired of going to church and feeling dead inside. I'm tired of going to church and leaving the same way I came. I'm tired of laying in my bed at night wondering what all this means. I'm tired of waking up in the morning and feeling like I have no purpose to my life. What you need is an experience with God's power. What you need is an outpouring of God's spirit. What you need is evidence that he's real and that he loves you and he will give you that evidence if you let him fill you with his spirit amen luke 17 and 20 says the kingdom of god does not come by observation it only comes by participation we must respond some of you wonder well why have i never experienced some of these things i'm talking about i was raised some form of christian my parents were always lutheran or catholic and we we did the good thing and went to church every sunday how come i haven't seen all these things well we know number one the kingdom of god is hidden to those who do not believe in what i'm preaching today if you don't believe it you will not see it some people say well i won't believe it until i see it but god's response is you won't see it until you believe it 
It takes faith and it takes participation. It, true faith is acting out upon it. If we have faith in something, we don't just say we have faith in something. We show our faith by our works, by our actions, by our response. The power in the kingdom of God is hidden to those who do not believe. But if the Bible also says this is so encouraging, if you had, would have faith, even just the size of a mustard seed, if you would believe even just a little bit, guess what, honey? God can work with that. God can still show you signs and wonders, even if you have just a little bit of faith, even if you're open to this, even if you just try Jesus Christ, no matter what baggage you're carrying, no matter who's hurt you, no matter what religious hypocrisy you've seen in the past, if you would just open yourself up to God, even just a little bit, he can help you experience all these things that I am preaching about today. He wants you to see healings with your own eyes. He wants you to experience the same Holy Ghost that they experienced. He wants you to see miracles of all different shapes and sizes just like they did. If you have faith and if you're willing to step out in faith, God will show it to you. Come on, how many people who've been living for a long living for God a long time knows that what I'm saying is true? Is there any elders that can agree with me right now? Amen. It takes our faith. It takes our involvement. This is why Jesus said, what did he say? Seek first the kingdom. Seek and you shall find. He is a rewarder, Hebrews 11:6, of those who diligently seek him. We always say, well, I'll just sit around and twiddle my thumbs and maybe God will come down to me. God already came down to you. He already came down to earth as the man Jesus Christ. He already walked among us, but have you walked among the heavenlies? God has already, he's a spirit. He had to put flesh on to step into our world. And if we want to step into his world as human flesh, we've got to put spirit on. Amen. God robed himself in human flesh. If we want to see more of God, we got to be willing to get spiritual. Robe ourselves in spirit. Let him fill us with his spirit. Seek and you shall find. And this is the part of Christianity that so many people don't like. Don't tell me I have to seek. I don't have time to seek. Do you see how many kids I have and how many jobs I have? If God loves me and wants me, he'll come down to me when I want him. He'll help me when I'm ready for him. He'll work around my schedule. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we got to get on God's schedule. There's a flow of the Spirit. The wind is blowing. We don't know where it comes from or where it goes. We just got to listen for it and jump into the flow of the Spirit with God. So you say, why does Jesus do this? Well, I can tell you this. It's not because Jesus wants to play games. It's not because Jesus wants to send us on an unnecessarily long search or mess with our minds. You know why he does this? You know why he tells us to seek? Because he wants us to participate he knows how badly we need him he just wants us to acknowledge how badly we need him none of us obtain riches and treasure by sitting by being still by 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 by, by not participating we obtain riches and treasure in the greatest things in life by seeking psalms 27 and 4 the psalmist said one thing have i desired and 
That will I seek after. It is one thing to desire it. And if you have a desire for God today, I'm so glad. That's a beautiful thing. And I am so, so glad that you're here. But don't let your desire die in the graveyard of good intentions. You've got to put feet to your desire. It's one thing to desire it, but it's another thing to seek after it. One thing have I desired and will I seek after it. If you're hungry for God, if you want God, it's up to you to step out and begin seeking after God. We will receive when we believe and when we act upon that belief. And it doesn't have to take long. It just takes action. It just takes our participation. Amen. I want the musicians to come. I'm almost done. Mark 16 verses 17 through 18 says that these signs shall follow or accompany them that believe. These signs shall follow a preacher when he believes. These signs shall follow Pastor Calhoun when he believes. These signs shall follow the evangelist or the prophet when he believes. No, this says these signs shall follow them, anybody that believes. What are the signs? He says, in my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These signs are for everyone and anybody that will believe. It is God's will for people to be healed in his name to show and demonstrate his power. It is God's will for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I just tell you, if we're not hungry, then we won't be filled. God is a gentleman. He will not force himself on anyone. But if you are hungry and you want more of God, if you're here today and you've got marriage problems, you're here today and, you're, and you feel like your marriage is on the rocks, amen, and you don't, you don't know what you're going to do and you need an answer, can I just tell you that Jesus is the answer? And I'm telling you, after an outpouring of his spirit, if you've never received it before, you'll begin to see things and understand things differently. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to walk through that treacherous situation with grace and with wisdom like you have never had before. If you're here with depression and anxiety, can, can you just hear from somebody that used to struggle with that for years when he, when, when he was not living with God? I used to have depression. I used to have anxiety attacks so bad I could not breathe because of my sin and because I was living away from God and doing things I should not. Amen. But there was a day when God poured out his spirit on me and that depression and that anxiety all left and changed. I'm telling you, whatever you're struggling with, the answer is still Jesus Christ and his spirit. Don't let anybody around you, don't let anybody keep you from receiving what you want to receive and need to receive in God. Don't let family members, don't let friends, if they're trying to hold you back, you respectfully and lovingly push them aside and say, I am going to God, I am going to that altar, and I'm going to receive what I need from God. I wish I had the time to tell you, I got a timer up here, and my timer's telling me I'm almost, I got to close it down pretty soon. Amen. But you know, I wish I had time to tell you the stories of... uh, of the things that I've seen, the outpouring of God's spirit, the outpouring of, of healing. I wish I had the time to tell you the story of a, name, a man named Steve in Tampa, Florida, a 65-year-old retired nuclear physicist. His work around nuclear energy and nuclear bombs had left his body crippled and disfigured, and he was on a hospital bed. He could not breathe on his own. He had a, tubes deep down his throat. Amen. We, we could not get to him on a Sunday night. Visiting hours was closed, so we prayed over a handkerchief, gave it to his daughter. She took it to Steve and put it in his hospital gown while she was sleeping, while he was sleeping, excuse me. We got a call the next day on Monday morning from a very excited daughter that said, you'll never guess it. He has not been able to breathe by himself or speak to anyone in weeks, but now the tube is out of his throat and he is able to speak to us for the first time. 
His, his mental cognition and his clarity is incredible. The nurses are amazed. They, they've never seen anything like this. He's speaking like a champ. He's just as sharp as he ever was. She said, you got to come see him, meet him, and pray for him again. We said, we can't wait to get there and pray again for Steve. Amen. So we got there. We rejoiced over what God did. And we said, Steve, we're going to pray for you again because God wants you to completely get out of this hospital bed. And so we were talking to Steve. We were shooting the breeze. And all of a sudden, Steve, who was a good man, he was a moral man and a kind man but he was not a christian he was not a believer he was he was he was almost a cornelius of sorts amen and as we were sitting there talking to him about the weather he all of a sudden shut down the conversation he closed his eyes and he held his hands out on either side of the bed i was on one side the pastor of the church in florida was on the other side he held out his hands steve did signifying that he was ready to pray So moved by Steve's faith, we went and took his hands on either side of the bed. Amen. And we started praying for Steve. Steve's body started to shake and tremble a little bit. I looked over at the hospital, the the heart monitor on his left side, and it started beeping frantically louder and louder and louder. And I was genuinely worried that we were about to kill Steve. I thought, I thought we had done it. I thought any second, any minute now, Steve's just going to go. And I was looking over at the pastor thinking maybe we should hold back. But thankfully that pastor had just a little more faith than I did. And he did not start praying quieter. He started praying louder. He started matching his voice to the noise of that heartbeat machine. Amen. And I'm happy to tell you that just a few seconds later, we saw Steve's mouth start to tremble and start to stutter. His, his, his tongue suddenly started moving uncontrollably. And we leaned in and listened. And all of a sudden, a heavenly language began floating out of Steve's mouth up into the room he began speaking in other tongues as the spirit gives him the utterance and God filled Steve a 65 year old man with the Holy Ghost right there on his hospital bed don't tell me it's too late don't tell me God cannot do it for you and I he's a healer he's a miracle worker he's a way maker come on I need somebody to believe that right now I need somebody to believe that right now. There's nothing too hard for God. There's nobody that's too late. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long maybe you've sought the Holy Ghost or wanted it, but maybe you haven't really sought it. God wants to fill you with it and give you today. If you need a healing in your body, God can do it today. I wish I had the time to tell you of a young nine-year-old named Brady Beard in Little Rock, Arkansas, who was healed. We, the crowd was so big, we weren't even able to lay our hands on him. We just spoke the prayer of faith over the crowd. Amen. We found out a few weeks later, a young boy, Brady Amen. Nine years old, had a, had a rare and extreme case of diabetes, all kinds of health issues. Amen. His mother felt after we prayed that he was healed that night, but she did not know for sure. So she took Brady to the doctor. Amen. And she said, listen, I am here and here alone just because I am wanting to testify and prove that my God it really is a healer. And the doctor said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll run the test. Amen. It took him a long time. And the doctors came back confused. They said, listen, something's wrong with our machine. It's malfunctioning. She said, how do you know? She said, because we ran the test and there's absolutely no record or no case of diabetes in his blood or sickness in him whatsoever. So there must be something wrong with our machine. Let's go back. I'm going to try it again. She said, listen, you tried as many times as you want, but I know exactly what happened. God healed my boy. The doctor came back into the room. He said, ma'am, I don't know how to explain this, but every machine we've done these tests on, it still comes back absolutely clean. He said, and we were able to tell with our tests as well. I don't know how doctors do this. They know. He said, we were able to discern and tell by these tests that not only was he healed of this disease, but he is so healthy and in such good shape, it is very, 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 very likely that he will never, ever have a disease ever like this again in his life. 
Hallelujah. I, I, I got to close, but I wish I had time to people tell uh, uh, a lady in Fairfield, California, four years of intense hip pain. She could barely walk in one service after praying for her. Amen. She began to walk just fine without pain in her hip. I wish I had the time to tell you of a lady in Washington, D.C. that could not lift her hands to worship because the pain from her breast cancer was so bad she could not lift her hands. We prayed over her in the name of Jesus. She felt something shift and change. All of a sudden, she was able to lift her hands to heaven without absolutely any pain in her chest whatsoever. I wish I had the time to tell you about a young man named Corey, a man that was with the, he was an evangelist with the Salvation Army. And he said, listen, I was with the Salvation Army for years, but they never had what I was looking for. I came to this Pentecostal church because I was hungry. He said, this morning, I spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance for the very first time. And now I know this is what I was looking for. He said, I want to be a preacher for you guys. I want to be a preacher of Pentecost. I'm telling you, I'm done. I'm done. But listen, God is still pouring out His power and His Spirit and healing all over this world. And if you need something from God, God sent a preacher here today, amen, to build your faith just a little bit and let you know that anything is possible to those who believe. I want us to stand all over this house. I went too long. Thank you for your attention. Amen. We're going we're gonna to pray here. I want us, before we go any further, I want us to lift our hands and I want us to pray right now. Come on. God wants to do it here. God wants to work miracles, whatever they might be in this house. Come on. Can we try him? Can, you got nothing to lose, then everything to gain. That's it. Just lift your hands. Jesus, I don't know what all this is about, but I want you. I need you. God, this is different. I don't know about these crazy Pentecostals, but I sure do want to experience what they're talking about. Come on. Would you just talk to him? Would you just try him? Would you just pray? You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I want you, I'm going to ask you a question. God is here in this place. We're about to have an altar call. We're about to open these altars and invite people to come pray. They're going to play and sing in just a minute. Listen, if you are here and you need something from God, whatever that is, would you raise your hand right now? You need, I mean, you really need something from God. Would you be honest and just raise your hand? Come on, there's a lot of hands. A lot of hands. Tremendous. You can put your hands down. Amen. if you are here and you need a healing in your body, you are in pain right now in your body and you need a healing, would you raise your hand right now? Would you be honest with me? Thank you. Thank you. There's a lot of hands. Keep your hands raised. There's a lot of hands. Thank you very much. That's a lot of pain. How many know God can take the pain? Amen. I got another question for you. Come on, we're honest. We're family. We're just being real with each other. Nobody's going to bite you. Amen. If you're here and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you would like to, would you slip up your hand to me so I know who you are? Amen. Thank you for your honesty. There's one right there. God bless that brother for his faith. Anybody else? There's two. Thank you, sister, for your faith. Amen. Anybody else? You've never received the Holy Ghost with that supernatural, beautiful Bible evidence of speaking other tongues, and you would like to today. You'd like to try Jesus. One more time, I'm going to ask. You just lift up your hands. We already got two. Anybody else? Amen. 
Thank you for your honesty. If you are here and you need this as well, but you have not raised your hands due to fear or doubt or whatever it might be, let me just tell you, there's an open invitation for you at this altar. If at any point while we're praying, you feel you've changed your mind and you feel to come and you see what God is doing for these folks up here, guess what, sir? Guess what, ma'am? You're welcome to come too. God wants to fill you as well. Don't, God is not mad at you, amen, because you, you, maybe you're struggling, you're wrestling a little bit. You can still, before this service is over, make up your mind. I'm going to walk to that front. I'm going to lift my hands and pray. And I am going to receive my miracle. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. If you raise your hands and you need a healing in your body and you are physically able to come forward. If you're not, that's okay. If you're physically able to come forward, I want you to come to my left side right here. Amen. If, you're, if you need a healing in your body, if you raise your hands, you need a healing in your body. Amen. I want you to come to my left side so I can know who you are. If you're not able to stand for long, then please feel free to have a seat at that front row on my left side. If you raise your hands and you need... You need the Holy Ghost. If you need the Holy Ghost or if you need the Holy Ghost and a healing, I want you to come to my right side. Can you come to my right side? And we're all family here. Thank you, brother. God bless you. You can just stand right where you are. If you need just healing, come to my left. If you need the Holy Ghost or Holy Ghost and healing, please come to my right. Those of you who raised your hands to receive the Holy Ghost, come to this section right over here. Amen. And some brothers and sisters are going to come and help us pray. Amen. Now here's what we're going to do. This is the only way I know how to do this in a crowd this large to make sure everybody gets prayed for. Amen. If this is okay with Pastor Calhoun. Amen. We're just going to pray right now. Thank you, brother, for your faith as well. Amen. What we're going to do is we're going to do what Peter said. The first step we're going to do is repent. You say, what is repentance? Repentance is godly sorrow. That's saying sorry for our sins. That is apologizing to God for the sins that we've done, the things we've thought, the actions we've committed. But it is not just saying sorry. It is making a commitment that we are going to turn Repentance literally means turn, turn from sin and turn towards God. Every single one of us, even even the church folk here that have been saved for a long time, we're all going to repent. Those of us who need healing and those of us who need the Holy Ghost, we're all going to repent, okay? Amen. After, after we repent, here's what we're going to do. We're going to lift our hands. Amen. I'm going to pray a simple prayer of faith over you. It's nothing, nothing mysterious or magical. It's just words from the Word of God. It's just an impetus to get us to start praying, and it is going to build faith, okay? After we've done repenting, I'm going to pray a prayer over you. I'm just going to speak the name of Jesus over you, because the Bible says whatever we do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then I'm just going to shout the word hallelujah. That word hallelujah just means the highest worship, the highest praise to God. When I shout that word hallelujah, you're going to shout it with me. Amen. But you're not going to just shout it once. You're going to keep on shouting it. Keep on lifting your voice. You're going to keep on worshiping him. You're going to tell him, I love you, Jesus. You're going to tell him whatever you feel. But you're going to keep on lifting your voice and praising him. And I believe pain is going to leave. Bodies are going to be healed. And those of us that need the Holy Ghost are going to be filled, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. What's going to happen to you, brother? Amen. When God fills you this morning, what you probably already know some of this, you're going to feel a trembling in your mouth. You're going to feel a stammering in your mouth, the same way they did in the book of Acts. Don't be afraid of that. That's the Holy Ghost. When you feel that coming on you, just surrender to it. Let it happen and let that heavenly language come flowing out of your mouth like a river. Don't worry about anyone else around you. And that goes for anybody here that needs the Holy Ghost. So here we go. I've given the instruction. Amen. We're going to pray right now. How many know God is here? They're going to play. They're going to play right now. And we are going to repent of our sins all over this house. Hands raised, eyes closed. Let's begin to repent of our sins. Come on. I can't do it for you. It's got to be between you and God. Come on, have that conversation with him right now. Lift your voice. Come on, you don't have to confess everything you've ever done over the last 50 years. You've just got to tell him you're sorry. Jesus, I'm sorry for everything I've ever done. I'm sorry for everything I've ever said. I'm sorry for everything I've ever thought. 
God, forgive me. I don't want to live the way I used to live. I, I want to be different. I want to be changed. That's it. Come on, that's it. Pray. If you need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost, if it's been a long time, this is for you too. Go ahead and start repenting right now. I'm sorry, Jesus. That's it. Come on, just a few more seconds. Forgive me, Lord. That's it. You don't got to beg Him. Once you've repented and once you've met it from the bottom of your heart, then God has forgiven you. You don't have to beg Him. That's it. Yes, yes. Forgive me, Lord. That's it. That's it. God's about to do it right now. God's moving in this place right now. I'm going to pray this prayer over you, and we're all going to shout hallelujah. That's it. You've repented. So now you can just begin worshiping God. Now you can just begin praying in faith. But you've got to lift your voice. You've got to open your mouth so God can speak through your mouth. We cannot speak in tongues if we are not speaking to God. Go ahead and talk to Him right now. Here we go. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the authority of the Word of God and by His name, I bind doubt and I lose faith. I bind sickness and I lose healing. I bind condemnation and I lose faith and hope. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed of all pain and all sickness. In the name of Jesus Christ, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be renewed in the Holy Ghost right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Somebody shout that with me. Hallelujah! Come on, shout that in faith. You're praying in faith right now. You're not praying in failure. You're not praying in condemnation. Shout that with me right now. Hallelujah! Come on, keep praying in faith. That's it. Be healed right now. Pain, be gone. I command the sickness to leave. I command doubt to leave right now. Come on, it's happening right now. Pain is leaving bodies. Sickness is leaving bodies. Come on. God's filling people. God's going to fill people. That's it. That's it. That's it. Try Him. Lift your hands and pray. Come on, church. Stretch forth your hands up here and help us pray. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. A miracle can happen now. That's it. Don't stop praying until you get your miracle. Don't stop praying until you feel the release. Come on. Keep praying in faith. In faith. In faith. 